deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Because the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, CC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, were you excited this weekend? It was Comic-Con. Woo! Oh, I think I missed it. Woo! Woo! Oh, you're telling me you weren't you weren't there uh uh, uh front row seats uh for the Marvel panel where they where they showed off all 200 movies they were making? Uh, oh, that's where that information was coming from. I didn't know why we got all those announcements. <laughs> yeah, Marvel Marvel had their big their big panel at, at San Diego Comic Con, and it just got me thinking about how, um, you know, Harry Potter has had a presence at Comic Con before, and did sure did this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a very very small one. Um, but uh, uh, I was I was just thinking and reminiscing about how. You know, Comic Con is where we got uh, the J.K. Rowling uh, uh, Dumbledore sexuality stuff. And is it is, really uh, specifically the Grindelwald stuff? They're, they're, J.K. Rowling went ham at some uh, San Diego Comic Con thing a while back, promoting Fantastic Beasts, mm. um, and that's where we got. I don't think it's where we got like the, the initial Dumbledore K confirmation because that was that's older, but. It, but she definitely has said some stuff at Comic-Con before. And I was just thinking, just reminiscing about like, man, I miss J.K. Rowling being around. I, I, she would have been so good at Comic-Con this year. Just just spouting off on some whatever shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're kind of invoking a little bit of a curse here. But I but I do agree. It's 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 good content. It's good information. Who knows what we could have learned? Um, <laughs> right. So so that's a that's a real bummer. Um, I guess she's hard at work um, on the, the new Fantastic Beasts film and, and couldn't make it. Yeah, yeah. She she's she's just super busy um, uh, working on on that and a Marauders TV series. And and uh, we continue to hope that nothing horrible has happened to her. So all of these jokes we tell uh, do not come off in poor taste, but in the inevitable event of us saying something horrible about her uploading an episode and her croaking, right? Like, sure. Like that's, yeah. That's just how it's going to go. Um, but yeah, so, so Comic-Con was this weekend and, and I, I, I was keeping a sharp eye on it. Cause I was like, you know, if any Harry Potter content stuff gets announced, I've got to, I've got to compile it for our news. And what do you know? We do have a couple of small headlines here. Good. Uh, any any guesses about what kind of thing might have popped up at Comic-Con for, for Harry Potter? No, especially because I, I feel like we are in a bit of a Harry Potter slump right now. Like we're, yes. we're waiting on Fantastic Beasts. The AAA game is nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. We just came off of the like Niantic game coming out. But I can't mm-hmm. imagine there's there's a whole lot, a whole lot to unveil right now yeah 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 not not much that's for sure but we do have a couple things uh one of them being related to that niantic game actually uh Mm. uh, they announced uh the wizards unite fan fest uh details which they'd announced there was going to be one um and my immediate thought went back to dashcon uh (laughs) uh, that was the only thing i could think of because boy 
I don't think Wizards Unite. Oh, did I tell you I finally ran into someone in public playing Wizards Unite? Oh, really? For the first time ever. Uh I was I was at a uh I was at a Pokestop playing Pokemon Go. Sure. Uh, in the town near me and uh I was I was trying to do a raid and mm-hmm. uh there was no one else around and it was not a raid that you you know, not not a soloable thing. Uh and this family kind of walking out kind of kind of walked up holding their phones and i was like oh are you guys are you guys playing pokemon and they just sort of gave me this look and they were like Ugh. harry potter Ugh, no we're not playing pokemon we're playing <laughs> harry potter well that's how it felt at first until i Ugh. said oh because there's a raid going on and then they said oh we'll switch to pokemon just immediately just for like okay we'll switch we'll switch so so it was a niantic family not a niantic not family. a not a wizard family right i did not think to ask uh if they were playing ingress as well um but uh but yeah no so they 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 helped me out so that's the first time i've encountered someone playing playing the harry potter game in public which is i guess the sign of life maybe um so so the harry potter game doesn't have gyms because there's no multiplayer like it has in does it have raids like are there is that what fortresses are fortresses are the raids i believe okay so, I, so i'm just wondering like did they did they walk up and were like oh you know help us with this raid and you're like no uh no help I'm us playing with this Pokemon. Fortress. yeah yeah i never i never did a fortress when i when i had that game installed so i actually could not tell you i just i don't know i'm very curious to see how this fan fest thing is going to go especially because it, one it's in indiana which seems like an odd choice mm. um uh i would i mean maybe maybe i'm wrong but it feels like the uk might be better for a harry potter event of this uh type um, I mean, typically Niantic does one in the United States, one in Europe somewhere for uh, Pokemon Go, because there okay. is GoFest Chicago, and then there's like GoFest in Dortmund. Dortmund, yes. I think is where it last was. Um, but anyway, they uh they 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 have unveiled that there's going to be a fan fest. It costs forty dollars to go to. Uh and the draw is there are dragons there that you can get to your add to your sticker book add a dragon to my sticker book add a dragon to your sticker book um uh this is so funny to me because it's like this is such a flash of like what this game could have been like just thinking about like if this was pokemon go but with magical creatures and then it's like oh we've added the legendary dragons and i'm like oh right yeah perfect the dragons are like the legendary birds i think there are even four of them they they've said the what do they got? The Welsh green, uh, Chinese the, fireball, Hungarian horn tail. And this one that they have listed here is not one that I remember from the books. Uh, the Antipodean opal eye. Mm, that must be from Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a new one to me. Um, but hey, good on them, I guess. Uh, I will be anxiously awaiting pictures from that event because I, I really am so curious how this game is doing. I saw that it fell even further on the charts recently, like down to like 47th or something uh, uh, on on the, the uh, iOS uh, uh, money making chart, which uh, sure. is uh, low, I think, for for one of these. Yeah, bummer. Bummer for them. 
But, uh, you know, if if uh, if you were at Comic-Con and were like, well, the Niantic game isn't really my thing. I'm more of a Pokemon Go player. Right. Th- there was still some more Harry Potter news for you. Good. Great. Uh, in that they had <laughs> they had a <laughs> panel where they just sort of announced some merch. Here it is. Oh, we got some merch, uh, including. So there's a, di- a diagonally pop up book, uh, a Hogwarts pop up book. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new advent calendar. Christmas uh, in July. Christmas in July it continues. We have Halloween and Christmas in July. It's true. It's true. Uh, and then the uh, the biggest one was McFarlane Toys showed their new line of, of Harry Potter action figures, which I will be posting pictures of on the Twitter when this episode goes up because... I just can't believe that that's what they look like. They are <laughs> quite bad, I think. Is this a toy company that you're familiar with? Oh, McFarlane's a big deal, uh, or at least like a like a like a well known one. I mean, it's it's Todd McFarlane. It's the Spawn guy, right? Like, like it is a well known action figure company. Um, I've never liked the way their shit looks, uh, but I think this is kind of bad even for them. Um, so so we have we have a little bit of uh uh toy company knowledge just from our our uh um escapades checking up on the the nika twitter yeah um, for sure any NECA, the uh the lovely uh uh i guess kind of high high ish end action figure company that has the funniest brand account online or they yeah, just tell absolutely they just, they just shoot everyone's dreams down tweeting at them um uh, but I'd say McFarlane is like kind of, I guess, like a like a rung below them on the, like the the like American toy company ladder, I guess. Sure. Uh, in terms of reputation. Um, this the hairy action figure just does not, I would say, looks like maybe any other actor other than Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, it, it looks like it doesn't have eyes and it, mm, i think mm-hmm. it must be like an optical illusion of some kind where i look and i said <laughs> they forgot to put the eyes on this figure because <laughs> it, it, it has the glasses and i think either the glasses are painted over or they're <laughs> just like so thick and goofy looking that you can't really see the eyes through them it's quite bad looking um I think my favorite one, though, is they have a Buckbeak, which actually I will say, uh, you know, because they have a, a Ron, Hermione, Harry, uh, Voldemort and Buckbeak and Buckbeak, I think by far looks the best, just probably on account of not being a human person. Sure. Um, uh, but I if you go to the, the like pre-order page for it, the Buckbeak figure looks very good. And then you open the full image and there is like a three foot long pole that it comes with to put it on like a stand. And it just looks absurd. It looks like the 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 like toy most likely to knock over your entire collection. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I I just I cannot imagine that thing being wieldy at all. Yeah, I mean it comes with like a, a little like disc of dirt, um, so it really shows <laughs> just how high Buckbeak is flying above the earth. <laughs> it's it's really quite something I, I i like i like the idea of putting it on a stand but like i don't know why they decided it needed to be quite so high in the air 
um, uh, very powerful. It, it uh, feels like it doesn't really succeed as an action figure or as a like a figure figure for like display. But I, I don't know. This is a this to- this particular toy world I'm not very familiar with. Like I'm more familiar with like different like figures and I guess like collectibles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is in the, that weird kind of middle ground of that I that I don't I don't really know who it's for or right. what what what's what makes a figure like this good because it I hope it's not likeness because they didn't do a very <laughs> good job of that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, there was one more thing announced, which I, I've not been able to find any video of, but I, I really like truly am anxious to, to find uh, uh, a, a different company announced an interactive Hedwig toy that makes sound, has a moving head, and reportedly responds to your voice. Wonderful. Um, I would love a, I would love a little talking Hedwig. That's kind of mm-hmm. adorable. Um, I think the funniest thing from the McFarlane, I'm just reading from Mugglenet here, the, the McFarlane toy presentation uh, at one point, the brand manager said, uh, uh, it's Harry Potter and it deserves it. Uh, uh, we took a look at the Harry figure, which comes with a beautiful stack Patronus, and the details are beautiful. It's like, yeah, cool. Harry does deserve Harry Harry does deserve Harry deserves this Harry does deserve this horrible little totem being made of himself that's true wow (laughs) so moving on from comic-con he's got one one very small piece of news to wrap this up with uh uh Emma Watson is the number five most admired woman in the world (laughs) what (laughs) So this is another MuggleNet one. This is the headline. Um, okay. But it, uh, it, uh, it, it goes, a new poll by YouGov has revealed. Now, you might remember YouGov as the website that everyone kept sending us links to recently because they did, uh, they did the uh, what every uh, uh, Democratic candidate's house is. Uh, uh, oh, article. of course, of course. And that's an important part of our political process in this country. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a new poll by YouGov has revealed the top most admired people in the world for 2019, covering the views of people in 41 countries. While the top five men on the list remain unchanged since 2018, uh, the women have changed quite a bit, and our very own Emma Watson is near the top of the list. Very bold of Mugglenet to claim Emma Watson uh, as, as their <laughs> own here. Uh, according to the poll results, Emma is the fifth most admired woman in the world, and she's in good company. Oh, who do you want to take a guess at like who the other four might be? I couldn't even begin to guess. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama came in at number one. Oprah Winfrey at number two. Formerly top ranked uh, Angelina Jolie has been bumped down to number three. And Queen Elizabeth II is number four. I'm not. I'm trying to be rude but what year is this i know i know <laughs> do we not have any more admired like I, I mean all of these are very goofy but do we not have any more current pop culture figures to admire why is <laughs> oprah on the list does she angelina Oprah's... jolie does she still do movies i don't think yeah well she's doing a new maleficent but i think she's pretty much done with movies as far as i remember uh uh, uh everyone just really liked salt Everyone remembers the movie Salt, where she was like a, <laughs> she was like a Jason Bourne, but a lady. That movie was kind of good, I guess. So everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I remember Salt." She's number three. Huh. I I would not have guessed any of those unless you asked me the same question about ten years ago. <laughs> <sighs> 
wondering where J.K. Rowling ranks according it's to number the number six, Britney Spears. <laughs> uh, according to the poll results, J.K. Rowling is the fourth most admired woman by people in the UK. Uh, uh, where in in the UK, uh, she follows Queen Elizabeth II, Michelle Obama, and Judy Dench. Huh. Well, alrighty then. I I really like the final sentence here. In the UK rankings, Emma Watson falls to number eleven. Her worldwide fans must greatly admire her. Mm. England doesn't appreciate you, Emma. Is it is it the Beauty and the Beast remake that that really really got her on this list? Ah, uh, the the bling ring. Everyone loved the bling ring. Everyone loved that gift. Of- <laughs> Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever never seen people post that gif of of her doing a little sexy dance? It's from the bling ring. No, no, I don't, I don't know what the the words you're saying to me are. <laughs> she she was in a movie called The Bling Ring like three or four years ago, and okay. I remember people saying it was okay. I've not seen it, um, but yeah, I think I really do. I think you're right. I think the Beauty and the Beast might be the last thing she was in. Um, mm. So I guess everyone just really likes he for she. Great. Yeah, but they they, they appreciate Judy Dench more uh, than than Emma Watson in the UK, I guess. Which, well, you know what? I can get with that, I suppose, if we have to pick pop culture figures. Judy Dench uh, is cool. Maybe this is controversial, but I just would never say that I admire Emma Watson. I no, I don't think that's controversial. Look, this is the shrieking shack. We our celebrity <laughs> opinions are known. I don't think I admire any celebrities, honestly. Like I'm, if if you ask me, like who are the top five celebs you admire, I would probably have a hard time. Like, right? I don't know for sure, for sure. Then that's why I only have one on my list, and that's Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He's the number one. Oh, I wonder. If he's uh, that's kind of like putting all your eggs in one basket though isn't it one all yes all of your your eggs in one eggs benedict <laughs> exactly that's right well so that's that's great thank you emma uh, you know i you know i guess i kind of you know it was it was cool meeting her that one time when i you know when when i spilled a milkshake all over her and she told me what uh uh he for she was uh so i guess i kind of admire her for that that's pretty admirable um, yeah yeah but uh uh we cannot put this off any longer we have a snape chapter to talk about Mm-hmm. we sure do <laughs> sorry the, the... i just took a big drink of water because you're thinking about snape yeah thirsty a tall, um, a tall tall glass of water yeah he sure is uh this week we read chapter 28 snape's worst memory um we start right off this chapter with a bang uh and it is an educational decree just right here at the top formatted in the book it even has the like picture of a like a wax seal here um umbridge has been made headmistress of hogwarts now that dumbledore is gone um we also done 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 um we also find out marietta is still in the hospital wing and pomfrey can't fix her her um jinxed uh blemishes uh, Umbridge is really mad because she can't get into Dumbledore's office. Um, and and the, the general mood of the school is that, you know, Umbridge has, has been made headmistress, but everyone is talking about Dumbledore's miraculous escape. Um, Draco has a little 
confrontation with Harry, Ron, and Hermione in the hallway. Um, he he shows up as they're kind of kind of trash talking Umbridge and talking about how horrible she is, and he takes house points away from them. And uh, they kind of object. It's like you can't you can't take house points away um, f- from from us. Like uh, Hermione and Ron are prefects, and we find out that Draco has been has been made a member of the Inquisitorial Squad, which is like Umbridge's elite elite force of of hall monitors that can take points away from anyone. Um, after he kind of goes away, after taking like fifty points from from Gryffindor, uh, Fred and George show up and and kind of kind of debrief about that. And Fred and George are like, "Yeah, um, Montague tried to take points away from us, but we shoved him in a vanishing cabinet before he could." Um, and they also say that they they don't care about getting expelled anymore. You know, they're they're entrepreneurs. They're going to start their own business. They don't need a degree, um, so they're going <laughs> to so, so they're going to create as much mayhem as they can for Umbridge. Um, and that Harry, Ron, and Hermione should kind of move along so they don't get implicated in whatever their their plan is. Um, they go to the Great Hall to eat eat a meal. I think when when Filch um, finds Harry. And asks him, you know, like, you got to come with me. You have to meet with Umbridge. Uh, so Harry goes along. Um, and he has this meeting with Umbridge where where she, like, is very insistent that he have, have a drink. Uh, and very obviously um, puts, like, truth serum in it. Um, so Harry has to kind of pretend to drink it. And she asks him questions like, where's Dumbledore? I know you're working with him. Where's Sirius Black? Uh, he says he doesn't know. During this meeting, though, there's a loud, loud explosion sound, and Umbridge has to to run run away. Um, Fred and George have created some wacky mayhem. They've they've lit off um, some magical fireworks that are like impossible to stop, and they're going to go off and make a bunch of noise and and chaos uh, all day long. Um, and every everybody's pretty happy with it. Um, they're still kind of flying around in, in classrooms and such throughout the rest of the day, but the teachers don't mind cause it's making trouble for Umbridge who has to just kind of run around, uh, and, and try to deal with the problem with no help, uh, from any of the teachers cause they're all just kind of resisting her. Uh, even Hermione thinks it was cool. Uh, Harry has another dream about the department of mysteries. This time he gets through the door, uh, and in the dream, like, you know, he's obviously like feeling like Voldemort is feeling seeing this and he sees um, a bunch of like glass orbs, um, but a firework goes off uh, and wakes him up so he doesn't get to like get what he wants. Uh, the next day he realizes he has a meeting with Snape for for occlumency lessons, uh, but he hasn't practiced at all what with everything going on. Uh, and he's kind of worried about it. He's kind of in a bad mood uh, and Cho Chang approaches him kind of wants to talk about what happened with Marietta. Um, and Cho kind of stands up for her a little bit and, and tells Harry, like, oh, Hermione was wrong to jinx the jinx the paper. Marietta was just scared. Her mom, she, she gets, like, a lot of pressure from her mom at the ministry. Um, Harry stands up for Hermione and says, like, no, clearly it was a good idea. Um, uh, and, and then Cho kind of turns it around and is like, oh, you, you know, I'm, you still just like Hermione more than me. I'm really jealous and, and crazy. And Harry um, basically says, says that he's like, don't you cry again. And they just fight and then kind of go, go their own way. Uh, Harry goes to do occlumency with snake Snape. Um, and Draco kind of interrupts before they can start. 
um, because Montague has showed up uh, in a in a vanishing cabinet or in a toilet or something, and Snape has to deal with that. And so Snape says to Harry, uh, "Come back tomorrow, and we'll do a lesson." Harry goes into Snape's pensive while he's away, I guess. Um, and we see Snape's worst memory, which is a scene of him doing his OWL exams. Um, and he kind of goes, he he follows James Potter, Sirius, Peter Pettigrew, and and Lupin at, at the school and is kind of nearby. And, and we see this scene of, of them bullying Snape and eventually like t- turning him upside down in the air. Um, and Lily... Um, Harry's mom intervenes and is like, leave him alone. Uh, and Snape says, like, I don't need help from you and and calls her a mudblood. And and then Snape appears like the real Snape pulls Harry out of the pensive, yells at him, throws a jar at his head. And we kind of wrap up with Harry being like, oh, my dad was a jerk. That's the end. Was that our was that our first uh, Snape snake? Mix yeah, up there. I think so. I think I, so. We've made it seventy-three episodes without one of those. Um, but don't worry, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to edit it out, and I don't want you to feel bad about it because that just means that we are now in the pantheon with Jim Dale, who definitely made that mistake at least once per audiobook, and also called him Snipe one time. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So it's it, we're following um, in the footsteps of of a great for sure. Absolutely. Oh, this chapter. Um, okay, first things first. I think it was better than the last one, which Yay! Uh, was, I mean, I guess it's not that difficult, but like, boy, howdy, the last one was a low, low point for this book and series. Um, this one is like, I, I don't think it's like out and out terrible, but it is. it is such a clash between the two tones of this series manifesting and intersecting in a kind of messy chapter yeah i think it's kind of uh unlucky like yes i i don't know if it was an intentional like framing of these two kind of parts in this chapter um and and i'm kind of splitting it up between the like the first part being the Fred and George wacky fireworks stuff. And then the second part, which is like the Snape's memory part. It it feels like such an odd, uh, like choice to put those two things together. And Mm -hmm. so much so that I feel like maybe it was an accident. I, 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 yeah, I, you know, last week, uh, or, or God, it was the week before it's, it's, the this the badness of these chapters kind of all blurred together for me but like the the there was that point where i like um pointed out what i thought was like a parallel between like the way Ferenz was kicked out of his group and the way that marietta was kicked out of the da um where i was like is this an intentional parallel and i had the same thing here with like fred and george bullying montague and and setting off the fireworks contrasted with snape's memory and i'm like is this trying to say something maybe but i don't think it is what what is it trying to say because we have the first half which is like pranks that are cool and wacky and good and everyone is just having having a laugh uh and then and 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 then we have the the second which is a pretty like 
uh, played pretty seriously like um you know oprah special about about bullying <laughs> right well that's i mean that's what you know yeah that's why oprah is is still one of the most admired women in the world is right cause, oprah's cause... gonna show up at hogwarts uh and implement her <laughs> her anti-bullying program <laughs> yeah i just don't know about this one i i i kind of enjoyed the first half of this chapter in in a sense where like i you know fred and george have been such a confusing pair of characters in this series especially the last two books where they've um okay siri searching apple books for two shut the fuck i said series oh my god this is (laughs) (laughs) i need to just throw my phone across the room okay uh uh they've been such a confusing pair of characters in like the past two books because they've sort of like morphed from like the jokesters to like kind of horrific uh uh you know we in this book we have seen them you know they're, they're ready to go into business with their uh ipecac and roofy box um <laughs> sure where, uh uh they they were outright horrible to uh to dudley dursley who as much of a piece of shit as he is to harry like it, it all seemed like like the entire focus of of their actions against him had nothing to do with him being mean to harry it was more like they wanted to see a fat guy um so they've been horrible um and (laughs) and it was fun to read a chapter that reminded me like oh why i liked these characters initially uh uh that you know that featured them doing some some righteous pranking and i i also particularly appreciated the way it was sort of like contrasted against the da in a way where like the da for all of their like bluster about like being like oh we're a self-defense group and and you know we're we're learning the tough stuff because harry (laughs) he's been there uh they're just a bunch of nerds who want to get good grades is like the entire point of it right Um, yeah because it really does sometimes come down to like umbridge isn't teaching them what they need to know for the test yeah and so i appreciated Fred and George's rebellion against Umfridge being like, I don't give a fuck about this school anymore. Like, just like, we're just going to like, we hate Umbridge. Uh, we think she needs to be, you know, uh, acted against and we're going to do it. And, and, and like, you know, we're not concerned about our, our consequences. And I thought that was a, a nice, a nice contrast. Yeah. You're, you're saying that Fred and George are, are like, it's praxis basically i mean i like i jokingly yes but also sort of semi-seriously yes in a way like like they're 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 doing they're doing stuff to disrupt umbrage like directly whereas the da has just kind of been (laughs) teaching to the (laughs) test in secret like a bunch of dorks i don't know yeah i i do i do like that i feel like that's a good read of it that I that I don't know um, is is the intended read. No, absolutely not. I, it's 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 not intentional. They're just the goofball characters, and this is like their big send off. Uh, and it's and it's and it's funny uh, to 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 like harangue Umbridge, but like I I appreciate it from the angle of like it was such a relief to just see a character just like do something, you know, like like throw caution to the winds a bit and and just. Uh, uh take take some action um 
I think the most insane thing in this first part, though, is Hermione scolding them for pushing Montague into a vanishing cabinet. Like, who is Hermione? Once again, I have to ask, what is her character at the moment? Um, nothing. Her character changes at every. I I have I have no idea. It's it, there is no. I I don't I don't know. I guess like my, this is probably a reach, but but like she is above she like she thinks of herself as above the law but wants to like enforce it for everyone else yeah yeah i, I mean, can see that i think that's like i think that tracks pretty pretty well right like she doesn't trust other people to to make the, like the the like a good judgment call about when it's okay to break the rules the rules are for other people right but she's doing gotcha. the right thing mm-hmm mm-hmm which ma- which makes that. her a pretty awful character, and I think she <laughs> I think she is a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I I I I I I could see that for sure. Although I I think the part that just kind of keeps me from from getting there is that like her reaction seems so concerned for Montague, like 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 she's just like, oh, how could you do that? That could really really uh, hurt him. And it's like Hermione, you just scarred Marietta permanently for life like on her damn face for 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 testing you like i just don't see her morals are so confusing and not in like a ooh she's layered way and like i don't think you remember what happened a chapter ago jk way right like yeah uh, yeah for sure i i agree with that i i i feel like this is a chapter where there's really not a whole lot that ups, like bothers me um in individual scenes but like the stuff that i really don't like about the fred and george thing is i can't i still can't deal with it being cast as opposite to the like gritty bullying scene like i I can't deal with this this scene of cartoon umbrage running around and there being no like i mean this is like cartoon logic of like fireworks going off in a building all day but it's just like it's it's just fun it's 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 fun well the fireworks fuck apparently because they 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 multiply and like combine there's there's the part where seamus is like i think the fireworks made it which is the most insane sentence i've ever read <laughs> uh uh but uh like it's cute and fun but yeah you're right it makes no sense uh uh, uh when contrasted with uh this oh it, it's specifically the montague stuff where like i uh i i i i i feel like we're supposed to see that as like a parallel except that fred and george are just like so clearly in the right here because like all you know all the professors are like clearly just kind of letting it slide and they're having a good time with it and they they're so glad that it's fucking with umbridge um uh you know the fred and george are like morally in the clear here and you know i certainly would not uh bat an eyelid at them shoving montague into a cabinet right but like like we then get a this contrasted with the the snape memory later on where where suddenly it is very very serious uh and 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 bad to do similar things to to snape and i'm just like "Ah, mm." yeah it's it's a real it's a real tone problem And, and really it stretches like the whole the whole series i i kind of ruined the fred and george scene for myself only because it evoked such a powerful bbc sherlock 
vibe to me. And let me explain what I mean. Okay. I mean the, I mean the part in uh, like a lot of BBC shows. Sherlock is one of them. Um, Good Omens is another where it's like something wacky is happening. And for some reason, it just like morphs into a cartoon and the music gets really loud. And it's like, I, I just, I have such a vivid image of what this scene would look like if harry potter was made into like a bbc show where it's like the fireworks are going off umbridge probably has that makeup from like the first movie that um god who's the kid that was like blowing himself up every scene in the first movie oh seamus seamus and you know she's got the like the ash on her face and like hair sticking up and like, and like the, the theme swells. It's like, bah, 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 and everyone's like, it's like really exciting. And then that, it was like, that ruined that for me. My own brain and, did and, that. And there's, and there's um the, the, the music is way too loud. And it's like, a, it's like a bass boosted French horn. <laughs> yes. Like, like really loud theme. Yeah. Like half of good omens. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, that's cool. That's cool. That's fine. That's a tone you can go for. And so if if this chapter were a television show, it's like that's the first half, and then all of a sudden the second half is like a a dreary, gritty, horrific bullying scene. I just I don't understand why this well, book wants to say something about bullying, have this like serious meditation on kids being like really cruel to each other and like like pushing pushing each other into to, like joining the 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 death eater nazis and then half the time it's just like bbc like bah, 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 and it's like the deadly's tongue is so big i just it and, <laughs> and to see it like both in the same chapter is just like whiplash to me okay well i have some great news for you yeah um hold on i, I need to walk across my room because i did throw my phone across the room when i activated siri yeah sure um but but i'll be right back okay let's let's get this oh Okay, so I do remember one part of the Order of the Phoenix movie. Okay, and it and it is in fact this part where where the uh, where the fireworks stuff happens. Is is it playing that theme? I'm just going to. <laughs> okay, now I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit here because uh something else kicks in here sure which which i think you might appreciate <laughs> and then the theme comes back oh hell yeah yeah so so you were just literally dead on the money there completely. <laughs> that is what this scene is. You can't have it both ways. I feel. You can't. You can't. No, this is a- because like the Montague stuff is like a great example because like like you said like I I'm not upset that they they shoved Montague into a vanishing cabinet. Like this is like skipping ahead. But part of the like horrific thing that happens to Snape is like it's it's like it's visceral right like and the kinds of bullying that is happening like it wants you to take them extremely seriously right like having a kid at your school put soap in your mouth is traumatizing yeah but montague is a cartoon person right like like, that's fine he's he's 
<laughs> he's Colonel Clink, right? Like he's, he's... <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's quite a. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll get to it. We'll get to the Snape stuff. Um, in between, I I've, I'm so frustrated by this one particular scene because I really like it, but it is it is uh, too little, too late after a bunch of uh way more extra stuff which is the umbridge interrogation scene with with harry uh which i would so much rather have had this scene without the torture pen bullshit happening like at the beginning of the book yeah it it feels like it's it's gone way too far to make this feel sinister yeah because it it's it is it is harry already distrusts her for good reason like like at this point so much that like of course he wouldn't drink it right there is a version of this scene where like umbridge has always just been like riding that line the whole time where this would be such a cool and scary scene of like paranoia on harry's part right like 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 th- this could be way more tense than it actually ends up which is just like it ends up feeling just like kind of perfunctory like like okay gotta get that scene over with yeah i mean especially because it, it ends with like I, I, the the insanely goofy like oh he and then he poured the the tea into a flower pot right like it was just like every movie ever made with this scenario right like when someone knows their drink is poisoned or whatever they just like put it in the plant like right like just there's just no there's just no tension here no none at all perfunctory is the word like the scene could have been so good if there was like any uh uh uh, ambiguity left about like who umbridge was but because there isn't it's just kind of like okay well i know harry's not gonna drink it because he knows what it is and there we go um but like it, you know, it's a good setup, you know, like I I, I think it's a, 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 a like JK has seen enough thrillers to know how to do one of these scenes. Yeah, just, just in the wrong it. order. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> backwards. Yeah. Backwards. You put the thriller in backwards. That's Goblet of Fire disease again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Harry leaves and uh, is a psycho at Cho, which is one of the weirdest parts of this chapter, I think. Yeah, um, I I guess Cho's just done as a character, right? This I, I so if I remember right, they bump into each other on the train at the beginning of Half Blood Prince, and I think that is the last time we ever see her. This is more or less her stage exit, I think. Yeah, they just is... kind of, they just kind of have a fight and are really nasty at each other, and it's that, and that's that. <laughs> yeah, and and that's and that's and that's women. That that's uh, women. Um, it's why why wasn't cho the one that ratted them out right yeah this yeah we we we, we've there's a pattern in this book we've identified of just like there are characters that are introduced for one function and one function only constantly and it is so frustrating because like you could so easily roll a bunch of these characters together uh to make far more interesting and layered characters that matter to the story and would be easier to care about but like we don't get that we get cho exists to be harry's crush uh uh we get ernie mcmillan exists to be muggle born we've got um 
uh, uh, Michael Corner exists to be Ginny's girlfriend. We have that other guy. What's his name? Who is just like the one that we were supposed to suspect of being the, the snitch. Before Zachariah Smith. That's right. Uh, and then Marietta exists only to be the snitch. It's just so frustrating how all these these teens characters like and granted, I guess, like, on the other hand, like, we have complained before about how, like, it's frustrating how, like, none of the characters interact with other kids. And so it feels really small all the time. But I feel like there's a middle ground that could be breached here of, like, I would like to know something about any of these characters beyond what they exist in the story to do. Um, and and Cho being the one to... Uh, succumb to pressure and and like flip on the da just makes so much more sense to me yeah and like it's fraught for me because i feel like that would end up being really shitty especially with how poorly um this the text treats show as a character anyway but it feels so for like it feels formulaic in that i i really am starting to wonder if she was originally going to be the one to to rat them out and and maybe jk rowling backed off thinking that maybe it was too mean but but the way that it exists in the story it it doesn't it there's no there's no tension because we don't care about marietta we don't know marietta and i'm not saying that no. show is like super fleshed out or anything but it also makes the Hermione jealousy situation make a lot more sense if it were Cho ratting them out. Like if if Cho were upset that Harry was coordinating this like extracurricular activity with Hermione and, and Cho felt like like he like she wanted Harry to uh, to be you know separated for Hermione and not and not do this huge project with her. And mm-hmm. maybe Umbridge mm-hmm. was putting pressure on Cho and, and Cho kind of like fell for it basically and 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 the and the idea that cho would be like well it's not a bad thing to say that they're breaking the rules they'll just get detention or whatever um right. that makes sense from like a I, I don't know like there's a lot of tension there there's a lot of angst and then, and then that harry i mean it sucks right because it sucks to make cho like the betrayer or whatever but but it, right. but it already sucks and and as it exists now cho is essentially still the betrayer in that she's yeah. allied with marietta except for some yeah. reason it's just one step too removed to have any tension between any of the characters because we don't know marietta i don't understand why this book has so like all of the characters that have done anything are characters we don't know this is a book about marietta and sturgis podmore and <laughs> fucking willie Wittershins. like what Avery is this Rookwood. Oh, yeah, montague, these- montague showed up in a toilet who are these people um I imagine how much better the tension in the scene in Dumbledore's office would have been if when Umbridge said, ah, I have a star witness. And it's a character we know. Yeah. And it's Cho, right? Like that would have been good. That would have been like at least like a, a surprise, right? Like a twist. Yeah. And then Harry feels betrayed and like, but Harry, it doesn't really have like a personal stake in what Marietta is doing. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot going on. I mean, like there's, there's the, the, the thing that I thought about here was that like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe JK Rowling took the criticism, uh, uh, of, you know, Cho's introduction, um, you know, of, of how like poorly handled the Asian character was and was like, well, 
I, I don't want to uh, include, you know, the the like, ah, the shifty Chinese character trope, right? Like that is that is a classic uh, bad uh, uh, fiction trope, uh, especially in a lot of like, you know, European fiction. However, here's my take on this is it's not like that kind of thing has stopped J.K. Rowling before a uh, and then B. Whose fault is that JK Rowling for only having one <laughs> Chinese character in the damn book? Like, like, you know, like at, cer- at a certain point, you should just kind of roll with the, the, the punches that you have laid out for yourself. Yeah, I, I don't know if she if she like went away from that because of that, that is giving her so much credit for taking any criticism or learning anything. Right. Like, I, I feel like if that were true we wouldn't be in this Nagini situation that, right. that we are in because mm-hmm. it's, it's been, it's been what, 20 years? Yeah. Well, not 20 years, but you'd think she would have like learned something in the meantime, if she was open No, it to has that. been 20 years, more or less. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> We're old. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, so, so it just feels like, I mean, yeah, it's a rock and a hard place, I suppose, but like, yeah, the show stuff, all these characters, all these fucking we we can write such a good okay we should write like a rosencrantz and guildenstern are dead style rewrite of order of the phoenix from the perspective of all these fucking characters who like matter essentially (laughs) to the plot but like never appear i feel like that would be fascinating perfect yeah Uh, yeah uh, we love sturgis podmore who's the other one podmore and wittershins are dead uh, the hit new Harry Potter <laughs> fan fiction, taking the fandom by storm. Wonderful. I hope they let us publish it. <laughs> God. So, yeah. So, so this is a real disappointing uh, send off for Cho. Um, real, uh, real uh, 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 shithead behavior from Harry here, too, with the uh, don't start crying again line. That was uh, really something. Yeah, he's really stuck on that, Harry, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he just hates he hates when girls cry. He just so annoying when It's a very people... odd character trait to introduce for Harry. That's such a that is such a like, you know, that this is one of my like classic favorite things in like any fiction. And this isn't even always a bad thing necessarily. It's it's often just like a fun curiosity. But it's it's sort of similar to like when we were reading um like Tiger's Curse, right? And like the main character in Tiger's Curse is always referencing like old musicals and things that no teenager would ever talk about oh sure yeah and and they're like oh don't cry thing is such a 1950s and 60s classic man misogyny thing yeah where did harry pick that right like yeah like 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 is harry just watching like 1950s movies all the time uh and and just just picking up his mannerisms from the men and like it's just such a clear like like oh jk rowling like probably grew up watching and reading a lot of older i don't know like detective fiction or, or dramas or whatever that like would ah quit you quit you crying doll <laughs> uh, you know not to say that like you know teens in the 90s would not be misogynistic but that's a very specific i feel like old media manifestation right i mean it, it all makes sense to for this character that harry is morphing into in this book which is like grizzled veteran teacher guy (laughs) plus like old timey misogyny like quit quit your crying you don't know what it's like out on the battlefield (laughs) that's a great character for him he's just fucking john wayne why (laughs) 
very cool i guess i i answer or it's either that or like maybe she maybe jk rowling has envisioned that harry's favorite song is this is a story of a girl cried a river and drowned the whole world like like just he's like way into that and he's like oh. she's so she's I so feel pretty like, she I feel smiles like I feel like that song is much more generous to the girl in question than Harry is. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Harry, Harry does not absolutely love Cho even when she smiles. So it's a good point. He no, doesn't even give her that. Yeah. Give her that credit. Absolutely not. Uh, okay. We're dancing around it. We got to get into it. It's Snape time. Um... <laughs> Okay, let, let's let's talk about the run up to the memory itself, because yeah. you mm -hmm. pointed something out that I, I read this chapter. I've read it twice. And I, the first time I read it, I was very, very tired. Yeah, um, I was like reading it late. I had just had a very long day. And so so this missed me completely that you pointed out, but it's been driving me crazy ever since. Um, and it's that Snape left Harry alone in his office. It is so fucking unbelievable to me that this is the conceit of this chapter like that just doesn't everything we know about snape his his like loathing for harry his mistrust of harry like there is not a single thing you could ever contrive in a story that would make <laughs> me believe that professor severus snape the guy who who fucking ran down three flights of stairs to sit in a chair so he could vamp at professor lupin because he hated him and harry so much would leave harry in his office unattended like, and, and really for no reason because he specifically says like come back tomorrow yeah yeah he's, he's not, not like, like I'll, I'll be right back <laughs> yeah he's not like i'll be right back don't touch anything he's he's like we'll we will like, I, like this this scenario because like draco comes and it's like like hey what's harry doing here oh he's got remedial potions hey professor montague's ass is in the toilet again uh and <laughs> and snape is like well okay gotta gotta go deal with that why he would not like either usher harry out of the room first or like grab him by the scruff of the neck and throw him out of the room i have no idea but it is and like it, it's so weird too right because like you could just you could still set up this scene in the exact same way and at least gesture towards that stuff and lampshade it like have have oh snape you know dragged harry out of the room but harry had noticed something right as he closed the door and was like well i'm gonna aloha more on my way in here and 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 to check out what's in the office right like there, there's there's so many easy ways to make this not insane but the way that it is set up feels feels lazy yeah especially that it all relies on like snape having his memories in this pensive relies on him being paranoid and distrustful of harry in the first place right right like not and he has spent this entire series up until this point feeling like harry has been breaking into his office and stealing <laughs> things from yes. him and he's just like you can stay here with all of my most sensitive memories yeah it is it what is, it, is, it is like like imagine me it, it is the equivalent of like imagine if this was like some modern like you know hogwarts au or whatever and it's like oh here like here's my phone 
like 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 Snape just handing Harry his unlocked phone or something. He he, he left Harry in his office with Facebook open on the computer. <laughs> He's gonna look through all all of his DMs. He's good. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely wild and it's like you know there are characters i could you know like if if this was like lupin or like dumbledore or mcgonagall i'm sure there are characters who wouldn't think about like not trusting harry in this scenario right but it's because it's specifically <laughs> Snape's character is that he doesn't trust harry yeah it is it is ridiculous and yeah i i don't know i just th- this was th- there, there are multiple blows to snape's character here i think but like that honestly is the biggest one for me is just like how could he be why why would he not just like shove harry out of the room here i don't get it um i i know that this is a recurring joke for us um but this is two times in this chapter alone that harry has been like summoned or required to be in a teacher's office who then gets called away to deal with an emergency in this chapter in this chapter oh my god i didn't even think about that i can't i can't imagine what like harry moves throughout the world being told to go somewhere and then something happens like literally every (laughs) every place he goes that is true i did not even think of that jesus christ Whatever, like, do we, did I miss something? Did I, am I misremembering something from previous chapter? Do we know why Snape has a pensive? Is it Dumbledore's pensive? Is it his pensive? It's Dumbledore's. Dumbledore's? It it specifies in this chapter that it's Dumbledore's. And I believe the implication is, is that Dumbledore is like, hey, teach Harry occlumency. And Snape was probably like, but what if, what if he uh, sees me doing it? And then Dumbledore's like, here's my pensive. So put that put that in there. That is that raises a, so many questions to me about how pensives work. Like, like are pensives can, can when you remove a memory and put it in a pensive, is it just do you not have it anymore? I don't think it's ever been addressed. I feel like it, it really wants to have it both ways. Yeah. That's- yeah, I believe and this might I, I don't know if this is taken or implied in canon, but uh, but oftentimes um, the way that fan fiction deals with it is that it'll say like you can still rem- like you can recite and tell the facts of what happened as like as if he, as if you knew about it, but you don't have the like feelings and pictures associated with it. Huh. That's kind of interesting, actually. I like that far more interesting than anything in these books <laughs> right yeah i got the also the, just the lead up to this is so funny the jk rowling is really flexing her uh points of ellipses muscles in this chapter i don't even notice them anymore there are so many ellipses in these books now i just i i skip over them completely <laughs> there's so many parts in this chapter too where I, I just feel annoyed at like how condescending it felt did you did you groan at the part where it was like he noticed a light and then he thought about what the light reminded him of. And then he remembered what the light reminded him of. It was the light in the dreams that he's been having. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, can you not leave anything to the reader here? Oh my God. Um, so he, he, he cannot resist. He puts his head in Snape's bowl and, uh, and sees, <laughs> sees a memory. I wonder how many memories are in there. Like, I like, <laughs> 
this this doesn't matter at all because clearly it's like we she just wanted to write a damn flashback sequence yeah. right but we had to have harry see it um but but i feel like if if someone was going to be looking into my mind or like potentially like if you if you go through like all of the stuff you wouldn't want someone to see that's mm-hmm. like a lot that's a yeah, lot of stuff that's more than one for sure Unless so Harry got kind of lucky, probably. Yeah, Harry got lucky that it was that, and not like, oh, the time that I stubbed my toe and tripped over. Like, in did front of Snape everyone. like, like, like take every single memory of him jerking it out and put it in that bowl? <laughs> Just like, like, do you have to do that for like each individual time, or is like, <laughs> what's up with that? Maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Dumbledore chose him because he's like, oh, I know you're not fucking anyone, Snape. <laughs> <laughs> that's so rude. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no. You're not gonna. There's no uh, R-rated memories that you have, Snape. Like so, so you know, I can't get anyone else to to teach Harry this just in case. And Snape's like, oh, I w- actually, sir, can I have the pensive, please? <laughs> <laughs> Hate to break it to you, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, I will. T- I will actually. I only need to take one memory out, and it's of me being bullied. <laughs> oh my god! This whole sequence, I uh, mm, this has so much potential, and it bothers me how much of it it squanders. Like I, this is I, a, this is an Oprah Winfrey PSA about bullying. It's this so is this is an bad. after school special. It's it's a lot. I. Also, I'm having some thoughts about the portrayal of Snape here and how this is really dancing around some uh, kind of anti-Semitic stuff, I feel like with his. Yeah. But like not not specific enough to really call it out, like call it out as like a specific thing. Like, oh, like we're we're supposed to like assume Snape is Jewish or whatever, but like it's using enough of the like, like traits that you see pop up in other fiction that have, you know, been, been criticized. I think, I think it is. I think it is purely um, like transposed from those things in other fiction that JK Rowling has read. Yes. That, that is my 100%. Like I I bet she's read like a ton of just like old detective novels and all of those traits and things are like two two times removed. Yeah. And then yeah. put into this cuz that's where she knows them from, right? But just the the this bizarre focus on on how big and hooked his nose is. Yes. Uh and and how and how greasy he is. And so it's just like really uh I was I was kind of raising an eyebrow at that stuff. Uh, yeah, and it, it goes to kind of a, a like a bit of a far extent to really create this imagery of him hunched over his like exam like looking like very I, I don't know, it's it's very vivid and like oops, but I I kind of believe that it's oops cuz I yeah. just I just think it's like stupid. Well, but the, the the part that I think is really like I was like woo 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 is like I I can I could buy it as like the Marauders are being shitty to Snape and and keep on calling attention to his nose or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. What I find really uncomfortable and and weird about this is that Harry, as the passive observer 
and like the and like you know as as uh, as as told kind of through harry and the omniscient narrator uh we get that scene where it, it like just very matter-of-factly describes snape's nose as like almost touching the paper while he's yes and it's like whoa okay what the fuck like what are we what are we supposed to be imagining for Snape here? So that I found quite uncomfortable, honestly. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, but then Harry sees uh, his dad. And I, I kind of like the, I, I, I there, There's so many parts of this I wanted to like. Because um, this has the potential to be such an interesting scene. To like, you know, see these, these people who he either only knows as adults or doesn't know at all and like sees them as just like being shitty teens. Like I really like that concept a lot, but I could not get over how I am like, I, I'm, I'm trying to frame this in a way where, cause like, I'm not trying to be critical of fan fiction because I'm not, but this has the feeling of, and maybe this is just because fan fiction kind of mapped this like mapped the style of this chapter onto itself right but like Mm -hmm. all the ways that like all of the characters are just saying what all of their cool character character traits are to each other (laughs) reminds me so much of like like uh you know an intentionally self-indulgent fan fiction right where it's like they're talking about werewolves on the exam and they're joking about being a werewolf with their werewolf pals and harry uh, Harry's dad has the snitch because he's he's a Quidditch player and he's rumpling his hair because we know his hair is messy. Like just like so many, just like like on the nose. Like, hey, remember this thing we know about this character? Here it is. Like just really, really, really laying it on thick. Yeah, I, I totally know what you mean about it feeling like fan fiction, and and that that also surprised me. And I kind of went back and was like, oh, is fan fiction mimicking the tone of this? of this scene specifically because like if you're writing like a marauders fic this is really the only time we see them as teens but but i think like part of the reason that it stylistically really sticks out and i don't even think it's like bad as much as just like it it is weird to see um the teens the marauders teens acting like they exist in a teen movie where where it really is invested in having you think that they're cool and appealing and or or even like the the bullies that you would expect from kind of teen fiction right as inserted into a book about teens who never act that way because harry right. is that age and it doesn't seem very aware of that right yeah yeah like we we um you know when we when we see harry ron and hermione hang out or like when when they're hanging out with fred and george they don't behave this way uh uh they 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 come off a lot more natural i guess or at least just like more passive than this um you know or, or, or like passive in the sense that like they are not actively like you know behaving like capital t teens in a in a teen drama Mm-hmm. Um, and so the way that Sirius, James, and Lupin behave here is just really uh, distracting. I think is the best word for it. Like, like they're just so outsized characters here. I mean, like the way, the way every time Sirius does something, I think it mentions how handsome he is. 
which is really funny to me. Like that is a very it is a very weird detail that is may, maybe woman writer writing a teen boy character. I think, but that's I think stuck, that has that to be stuck it. out to me so much. Like because it really like the vibe stylistically of the scene is Harry watching a movie, right? Yes. Which which I personally don't like because that's an aspect of the pensive I don't like. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't... I, I think it sucks to be... Like, he's just like a neutral observer of of these characters as if they were in a movie he was watching. But, but having him observe maybe three or four times about how hot Sirius is was bizarre. Yeah. It's very funny. Like, I, I guess... I guess there's a... <laughs> We, we were kind of like falling down a rabbit hole of like reading about like the fandom takes on the character sexualities uh, because of this chapter. And I, I really like I, I could not blame anyone who wants to read Harry as bisexual or something out of the this series specifically because I think we get more uh, 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 like, damn, serious is handsome, like like moments in this than Harry ever talks or thinks about a girl ever in this series yeah i think the most we got out of him is that he thought cho was pretty yeah cho Cho is pretty uh yeah we we get no we get no like specifics on that but but uh but which feels a lot more objective than his observations about sirius yeah yeah well it's, it's specifically the way like sirius like does stuff handsomely that was like one of my favorite. I I underlined a part where it said he 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 did something handsomely. I was like, oh okay, uh, just he just embodies handsomeness, I suppose. Um, so that was pretty funny. Nice, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so they're all cartoon characters, and they go, they finish their exams, and they go outside, and they're talking about like, hey, we are those characters that you know. Uh, we are going to uh, have a loud conversation about how we are those characters. Um, and then they like see snape is sitting behind them and just go psycho i guess <laughs> uh uh like like serious turn like there's a part where again i'm feeling very talked down to by this book where it says like oh serious reacted like a dog who had seen its prey or something uh when he saw serious uh and i was like oh yeah right. thank you very much yeah it's his dog his dog brain activated <laughs> actually dog brain. is what it was Seriously? telling dog brain activated when he saw snape he lo- uh, he saw snape and he just looked like he had dog brain that's what harry's <laughs> saying yeah the the kill bill siren started as soon as he saw saw uh <laughs> saw snape sitting there uh and they just start fighting with they wands? just really fuck him up <laughs> They don't they don't even like escalate really. They just like see him and they're like, oh, okay, uh, we're dueling now, I guess. Uh and uh, uh uh that's and and that's how that all kicks off. Um and uh I just don't really know what to think about this stuff because like like this is framed as like oh this is such a such a cruel and random thing and like it 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 is uh except that is it is it this book or later that we get the added context that like snape was like an active death eater wannabe at this point which just really recolors this for me uh like i I, to a point where i i am much less sympathetic towards him in this after school special 
Right. I, I don't know if it's ever made very explicit. I, I believe Sirius has some has some shit to say, because I think Harry ends up talking to him like very soon, like, hey, what was that about? And I think Sirius is like, yeah, he was a Death Eater or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there might be some ambiguity there. Yeah, it's very confusing because the the other aspect of this that I I, I vaguely remember is uh, Lupin, I think, talks about this with Harry in book six uh and like harry brings up the like the levicorpus thing and and like lupin is like oh everyone was doing like that you couldn't walk down the hall without getting levicorpus in my day at hogwarts (laughs) which is a really weird way to to, like like lampshade that cruelty i suppose it's just so confusing i have no idea whether i'm supposed to because because here i'm very much clearly supposed to sympathize with snape um and i and i do in a vacuum as this chapter is presented uh uh however uh we are also later on told that he was like part of the nazi gang at the school uh in the middle of the first wizard war so like question mark you know like 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 i and this all runs headfirst into the thing we were talking about just now about how like snape's like portrayal here is also just like like watered down anti-semitic tropes too so it's just like this is all a fucking mess yeah it it's a mess i i i can't i legitimately can't remember if he was part of the nazi gang here or if we are supposed to and that it is framed as if like if he hadn't been bullied maybe he wouldn't have joined the nazis because this is classic like columbine stuff right Right. and that that was like hugely hugely the narrative uh early 2000s stuff yeah early 2000s like and and probably inherited from from the 90s as well where it's Mm -hmm. like it's like well you should go you should go talk to talk to snape and then maybe maybe he would have had friends and then he wouldn't have joined the Nazis and, and right. blown up the school. Right. Like, like, <laughs> right, and then, yeah. like that's, that's kind of what I would guess is where this is going to go. And what I, we're supposed to think, especially because um, the bullying and, I, and I'm not saying that bullying isn't horrific, but this is like cartoon bullying, right? Like, yes. like I mean, it's just, it's, it's absurd. This is after school special. Like, like if like if you see if you see a kid doing this like step in step in and stop him uh this has been oprah winfrey's anti-bullying campaign right like well, it's, just... it's 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 confusing on so many levels because if like the um the the raw realistic truly realistic version of this uh, like like being pantsed in front of everyone it would be truly like traumatic yeah but this is also a cartoon, so we're clearly not supposed to take it that seriously, I don't think, uh, or, or or read that much into it. So it's just sort of like like uh, clashing with this idea of like, OK, how. And, and, and this is this is all muddied by characters like Fred and George, who I think have done things equal to, if not worse than what James and Sirius do here. Uh that is treated 100% just as jokes in this book. 
So I'm I'm just like so fucking confused about like what I'm supposed to take away here. I can't believe that this scene, which I I know is framed as like like it's supposed to be like more on the serious side, is 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 not set at a further distance from the Fred and George stuff. This chapter, <laughs> like that, so... is truly truly remarkable to me. So confusing because I, I... again, like I don't I. I am not saying that Montague, like, just, I'm not, I'm not out here being like justice for Montague. He like didn't no. do anything wrong or anything, but like the physical consequences of what happened to him are at odds with the physical consequences in this scene. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is a, it is, it is completely parallel even if it's not trying to be and and but also trying to say completely different things and it's just a fucking mess although although maybe not because a huge theme of this book is like the sorting hat song if you'll remember from 100 years ago when we read it about like house (laughs) unity and all of that it's like the only way to defeat the nazis is to team up with them reach across the aisle reach across the aisle team up um come up with some bipartisan bipartisan legislature uh at at this at this boarding school um in order to defeat the nazis so i don't know if this is a really really weird way of approaching that where it's like oh fred and george they're very funny and cool but don't forget they're they're not they're not reaching across the aisle they're still fighting with montague but i don't know it's 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 truly remarkable to me (laughs) it is it just does not uh does not work at all especially with the uh the end cap of uh uh, of snape calling lily who is that they're watching the whole time a slur which Am I supposed to think like, oh, he wouldn't he wouldn't have called her a slur if he wasn't pushed that far? Yeah, that is what it is. It's like it's it is the like, oh, he was bullied into do like you keep calling me a Nazi. So now I am one. There's zero <laughs> difference between good and bad things. <laughs> this is like, do you remember? Do you remember? This is this is just some gamer talk for, mm. for all our listeners out there. But do you remember when? There were like a bunch like this happened in multiple games, but like uh, League of Legends and like Rainbow Six Siege both implemented just like a zero tolerance policy for saying the N word in the game. And there were those uh, there were all those posts from people who were like, well, what if I get tricked oh into saying God. it? <laughs> I think I think that is maybe my funniest, the funniest gamer post I have read of all yeah. time, which was on the, the official League of Legends forums. And it was like maybe six paragraphs long. And it was like PSA. If someone goes into your game, uh, they might tell you that they're going to feed your game and lose on purpose unless you say the N word in chat. Um, don't do that because you'll get banned. Because they're they're like, take it from me. It happened to me. I just got banned because I got tricked into saying the N word. It's like, well, hang on a second. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute here. If if a child is dying and their, their make a wish was to say the N word, would it right. be Okay. So it's some real, real brain trust kind of stuff going on out there. So Snape, Snape just got bamboozled by by uh, uh, James and Sirius into saying a slur at Lily, uh, right? And and uh, and and that's that. Uh, I will say, for as bad as this scene is, I do quite like the scene where Snape catches him. Um, I think I think that it is. Uh, uh, there's some real tension there. I like that Harry 
doesn't really know how to feel. And I, I like the closing statement where he realizes that like, damn, you know, maybe Snape isn't as, uh, you know, isn't as wrong about my dad as I thought he was. Right. Like, I, I, I like that payoff a fair bit. Yeah. And I think it works really well with the more well-handled stuff going on with Harry, where he is starting to realize Sirius is, uh unstable right like like that Mm -hmm. i I think that that works really well together so i i don't necessarily like the execution of of how this all came about but having harry really going through this and and looking at sirius and being like oh maybe he isn't isn't the person i thought he was and then also having to confront that with with james um and and look at even lupin as someone who he admired and who is uh, like a, a person right like he, he's realizing <laughs> that all these people are human and 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 do bad things so so i do like i do like the conclusion not the execution god there is there is a a version of this book that i just uh, that that like makes the sorting hat like uh, uh we just gotta learn to work with this Slytherin song actually work for me which is if uh after seeing this harry like attempts to like patch things up with snape and eventually builds a rapport with like a slytherin teacher right like if they sort of if if harry realizes that yeah maybe my dad was kind of shitty to snape and snape realizes that like oh harry might not be literally a clone of his father there's like a cool understanding that these characters could reach like i don't say i don't mean like the, oh they've got to be f- best friends like 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 snape doesn't have to be like the lupin replacement or anything but i i feel like that's kind of an interesting dynamic that this book avoids unfortunately that could have been really interesting well do i have the fan fiction genre for you oh yeah <laughs> that's it that that's what it is <laughs> yeah no i i think i i think that's genuinely cool like i i think that is a uh, 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 an avenue that this series could have taken with this character that I I think I would have liked a lot more, honestly. For sure. Well, uh, do you want to talk about prefects for a second? Yes, yes. Actually, yes. You're right. Let's talk. I, we I we have gonna... some important. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to bring this up when we got to the inquisitorial squad, but I honestly didn't really have a whole lot to say about it. So um, I, I have a Reddit post for us and it's about prefix. I love it. Uh, and and part of this is because I was very confused because I thought prefects could take points from each other. Like, I felt like there was some weird inconsistency here. Maybe I'm just <laughs> wrong about that. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't really know. Um, well, but I lo- but I, I didn't find an answer to my question, um, mostly because I got derailed by this Reddit post when I was searching prefect into the search bar of the Harry Potter subreddit. OK, the title of this post is. The position of the prefect gives plus 100 to the sexual appeal of a man. <laughs> already a banger. Yes, and even if he already graduated from Hogwarts, consider the prefects of the male sex, which we know from personal life on whom they married. <laughs> Remus Lupin. Married Tonks, a metamorph, spelled wrong, half-blood, higher status than a werewolf. Higher status. Bill Weasley. Bill Weasley married Fleur Delacour, the most beautiful girl in the saga. Charlie Weasley would have married anyone if he wasn't asexual, according to Rowling. <laughs> Which, by the way, not true. Uh, no. Uh, we, 
half of this post is just flat out not true also <laughs> like it's just made up um percy weasley married on a certain married to audrey two children ron weasley married hermione granger and she began to pay attention to it after she learned that he not harry got the prefect badge i think if not for that pair the pairing would not have taken place <laughs> lucius malfoy was the perfect pure blood for narcissa black no was perfect for the pure blood narcissa black draco malfoy has betrayed the brotherhood of the prefects soon after receiving the badge by joining the inquisitorial squad the result is a single dad of one son <laughs> i We'll break these down in a second. Cedric Diggory, in the fourth year, first beauty of the school. Cho Chang prefers Cedric to the boy who lived, perhaps because though both were champions, but only Cedric was a prefect. So if a prefect was Harry, not Ron, then Harry would pay attention a lot more, would be paid a lot more attention by girls, and Ron would be, quote, forever alone. Insecure, inferiority complex, envy, jealousy, immaturity, all the symptoms are there. That is the end of the post. Um, <laughs> this is maybe my favorite post that we have found. It's also it's from only six days ago. This isn't. This is like we're getting new shit. Uh, yeah, constantly. this is new shit, and I think it's ironclad that um, the position <laughs> of the prefect gives plus one hundred to the sexual appeal of a man. Appeal of a man. Ah, insecurity leads to inferiority <laughs> complex. <laughs> I think this is really saying that Ron would be an incel if he wasn't a prefect, which I think I agree with. Huh. You know what? <laughs> hmm. Coming around on this, actually. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. How else do you explain Hermione falling for Ron when he has been like an actual bully to her uh, this whole book? I, I have not been able to stop thinking about the time Ron um, called Cho Chang a fake fan of Quidditch. <laughs> Yeah, that's like their first interaction. I think my other favorite one on this list of of, of, of ironclad evidence is Draco Malfoy has betrayed the Brotherhood of the Prefix soon after <laughs> receiving the badge by joining the Inquisitorial Squad. The result is a single dad of one son. Like he was punished. Yeah. You can't you can't just betray the Brotherhood of the Prefix like that. Yeah, you fucked up. You can't, uh, you can't do that. Um, I love the, uh, the follow-up comment comments from the, uh, from the author here. Did you see, uh, so, so the top reply is, is someone pointing out, uh, I cannot start, uh, I cannot begin to start on how many mistakes there are in this. Sure. Uh, and the first one they list is, uh, Hermione didn't get together with Ron because he was a prefect. They were made for each other. It just took them a long time to realize uh, and then the OP responds and you know, quotes that and says, Harry and Ginny actually have a soul bound. Ron, as stated by Rowling, entertains her, gives her completely bogged down with work. You can relax, clown. <laughs> and then they uh, put a very big smiley face after that. <laughs> so I, I stand this poster, honestly. This is powerful. They have they they believe in this post, and I I really respect. I'm that. starting to yeah, I'm starting to agree with them. You pointed out the wrong thing. I'm like, wait a minute, they're right. <laughs> it um, does the, give uh, the, plus one hundred. The other perfect addition to this post is is um you know this 
every, every visionary post like this is going to be met with criticism. So it's like someone pointed out and they were like, Draco's not a single father. He married a story of green grass and had Scorpius. Supposedly she had a blood curse and died around 2019. That's this year. Um, plus I'm pretty sure there is no brotherhood of prefects to which the OP responds. Exactly. In the epilogue of the saga, his wife died and he's a single parent. The brotherhood of prefects is united by the bathroom of prefects. <laughs> which it took me a really I, I read that i was like i i don't know what that means and then i realized it's it's the prefix bathroom yeah they 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 literally do have a bathroom i don't think there's anything in the series that says that they like have to take a mafia oath to join the bathroom though. <laughs> ah the bathroom omerta that we have to we have to uphold uh i don't think i don't think that uh that that ever pops up in the series but i support this poster 100 the brotherhood of prefects is real uh and, and, and it, it is united right and it does give plus 100 to the sexual appeal of a man <laughs> united by the bathroom <laughs> oh fucking excellent well I think it is it is high time for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to uh, come back with some interesting facts about Severus Snape. Hmm. Hello and welcome back. Uh, we We are kind of in, unfortunately, I feel... Uh, the twilight of Snape's character. Um, uh, this is the chapter that we, I think, I think maybe in like the first or second episode of this entire show, we we na- we might have name dropped Snape's worst memory as a as a turning point for for this character. Um, granted, I, I think it might not have uh, worked out quite that way, or at least not as like clean cut as I remember, but like. I think from here we're mostly getting into uh, um, half blood prince bullshit and the uh, full on spy movie stuff. Yeah, I, I think that my, I uh, maybe have probably talked about the other one, which is the prince's tale. Yes, it is is my is maybe my real like this is the end, but but this one marks kind of the da- the downward slope maybe isn't just like over Mm -hmm. is usually how i think about it yeah for sure so to sort of to celebrate this i guess a little bit or maybe to 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 give him a a a send-off um pottermore has definitely been listening to us because the top article this week is uh uh some facts you may not know about severus snape um Granted, I don't think there are actually any facts that you would not know about Severus Snape, but let's see, I guess, if there we, are. We would know that they're listening if somewhere in here is what Snape eats for breakfast. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, uh, but but I guess I guess let's go through this and see, you know, you're the Snape expert. Uh, mm. and let's see if Pottermore can stump you here. You know, sure. Are, are these are these uh, interesting facts that you may not have known? Right. We start off right bit right off at the top here uh, with our, our headline. Our surly potions professor was a man of many, many secrets. Here's a few titbits you may not have known about his character. Now, I thought this was very funny because it said titbit. But you have schooled me uh, in, 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 uh, in the ways of the English language. That I guess this is actually correct. I mean, I didn't really 
school you, I just Googled it and you Googled found it out faster that than it's I could. Correct. You Googled it faster than I could. Therefore, you had the knowledge first. So, so uh, I, I, def- I defer to you here. <laughs> apparently, tidbit is American and Canadian English, which is what I certainly know it as, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently, titbit is preferred everywhere else. Just, tidbit is older. Why? What is a tidbit? You, you said, What's a tidbit? I mean, okay. A tidbit. I don't know. Like a bit is something small. And like a tid. Like a tid is. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like you think like tiddly. Like it's small. And so like, oh, it's a, it's a tidbit. It's a bit of a bit. That's how my, my brain processes it. Titbit. I just think, ah, a, a bit of a tit. A bit of a tit. Just just yeah, a, just a small like, bit um, of a tit. Maybe like a a horny version of a Fitbit. <laughs> Some kind of novelty gag. Like you go to no. Spencer's Gifts, you have you have a a bachelor party coming up, and be like, <laughs> I got you a titbit. Get a it? Tit-bit. And it's like a it's like a, it's like a really cheap like watch, uh, except instead of a computer screen, it's a boob. It's it's just there's just a little black and white screen that just has a, a like a drawing of a boob on it. That, right. That appears. Yeah. Uh, to me, titpit sounds like a like a fancy like ye old English way to say side boob, like. Like, oh, like, oh, oh! I like that a lot. Yeah, got a little like, titbit showing. Got a, ah, milady m- m- has has a a a, a scan showing of titbit. <laughs> um, so so that's that's uh, my brain genius read on on that one. Sure. Um, but let's okay. We 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 can't we can't get delayed on tits here for too long. We have to move on to Snape bits. Nice. Uh, Nice. The always divisive Severus Snape had us guessing right until the very end about whose side he was really on, right into those climactic fights, uh, final chapters of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Although we now understand Snape's twisted and complicated story, here's a few extra things about him you may not have known. (laughs) It's not complicated. We just found out information slowly. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. what, What is complicated? Nothing. I can't wait. I, I think we might have brought this up on a previous episode, but when when we're all when all is said and done with this series, I feel like we have to do like a big grand episode of like the Snape question. Like, yes. Like we just the, need to the go Snape over debate the, for sure. The, Snape, the, the great Snape debate. Uh, and nope, sadly, none of the, these facts have anything to do with the secrets of his greasy hair regime. Which, OK. Alrighty then. He might just have some oily hair. It happens. Yeah. Let him let him live. Um, so number one here, Alan Rickman knew Severus's secrets before we did. Lucky. Uh, yeah, lucky, nice. Uh, I uh, so he has a tweet from J.K. Rowling here. Very interesting to me for Pottermore to be invoking uh, uh, J.K. Rowling's tweets right now. Um, hmm. I, uh, I guess I, I'm going to choose to interpret that as a sign that she's doing just fine uh, and has not mysteriously disappeared. Uh, the late great actor who portrayed Snape through all eight Harry Potter films was privy to some information about his character long before any of us knew what Snape's fate would be. In an interview way back in 2011, Rickman revealed that J.K. Rowling had told him a future plot detail that helped him portray Snape's ambiguity better. Again, 
no ambiguity, not complicated, just a slow rollout of facts. <laughs> uh, years later, J.K. Rowling revealed what she told Rickman, the reason behind Snape saying always to Dumbledore. Tissue anyone? Doesn't that all just kind of come out at once? I, gu- I guess we will find out. I don't really remember. I I think it does, yeah. Uh, I... I I, I, I guess, I guess that's that's a fact that I did not know. I did not know that uh, that Snape knew stuff before it was written. But hey, that's kind of neat, I suppose. I, I knew to, that one. If we're keeping score, uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Well, no. Yeah. Let's keep score. So, so, so I did not know that. You did know that. So, so you are absolutely uh, in the lead as the Snape expert here. Let's move on to number two. The etymology of his name is fitting. Uh. <laughs> That's a fact, I suppose. Uh, most of the characters in Harry Potter have meanings behind their names that complement their characters' personalities, and Snape's name certainly suits him. The name Severus, as you might guess, roughly translates to stern or harsh. Oh, or severe, maybe? Severe, maybe. Maybe. So, Possibly. There's just no way to know. While Snape means to disgrace, if you look at the Old Norse term, Snape. I thought it was a like a place. Uh, well, so it fall adds up. It, it uh, continues here. J.K. Rowling has said that she took Snape's name from an English village in Suffolk. Oh, so so, so I think so not actually. Thing, yeah, might but just might not have anything to do with it at all. I think I think she has said explicitly what it means. So did you did you know either of those? Yes. I would say severe is obvious, severe. and I did know that it was named yeah. after the, the last name is a place. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but you didn't know the Snape thing. However, I, didn't, I don't think you're I, right. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm going to count that one as a point, honestly, on, on their terms, not yours. I think, I sure. think you get you get the point because you knew the actual thing that J.K. Rowling said. I I'm not going to behold you to uh, the things that Pottermore is making up. Here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that fan theory about Snape being a vampire? Not true. Disagree. Boo. I I love that J.K. Rowling shows up to like shoot down all the coolest fan theories. Right? Yeah, she's she's so annoying like that. On a few occasions while reading the books, you'll come across descriptions comparing Snape to a bat, be it Professor Quirrell calling him an overgrown bat in Philosopher's Stone. Or his figure being called bat-like when it's revealed he can fly <laughs> unaided. That's my favorite reveal in the entire series. Hell yes, he can fucking fly. Uh, this has led to theories from fans that Snape is bat-like for a reason. He's a vampire. It's a fair argument. Vampires do exist in the wizarding world, after all. We bump into one called Sanguini in the Half-Blood Prince. Ah, uh, an Italian vampire. Ah, Sanguini. <laughs> But J.K. Rowling has since confirmed that Snape is not a creature of the night, after all, despite his appearance. Boo. Uh, what? Why do this? Why? Yeah, why Why, why take not people's leave it ambiguous? Fun? Yeah. Uh, for a long time, there was a persistent rumor that Snape might be a vampire, she wrote. While it is true that he has an unhealthy pallor uh, and is sometimes described as looking like a large bat in his long black cloak, he never actually turns into a bat. We meet him outside the castle by daylight and no corpses with puncture marks in their necks ever turn up at Hogwarts. I don't so feel thanks. like this is definitive. 
No, thanks, Joe. Uh, uh, so Snape was not a bloodsucker after all. He just liked to extract self-esteem from his students. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> um, Does he? Mm, he's an energy vampire then. So I'm calling, I'm calling this one. Actually, he is a vampire. Cool. Uh, but you obviously we we both knew that J.K. Rowling had uh, said this stuff. So I'm going to uh, give us both a point there. Uh, moving on, Harry once spent an evening in Snape's family's hometown. I don't know Snape, what that means. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm assuming this is referring to some camping in Deathly Hallows, but let's find out. Snape was a huge part of Harry's life from his younger days thinking Snape was evil to his adult days of realizing the truth about Snape, even naming his son Albus Severus in his honor. Hmm. Little did Harry know that he once spent an evening in Snape's childhood town, Cokeworth, before even having met him. This is one of the places the Dursleys escaped to when fleeing the influx of Harry's Hogwarts. Like, wait, really? Huh. They didn't. That. Mm, okay, this has a link to the Cokeworth. They never say Cokeworth in Philosopher's Stone. Wait, there is a cokeworth by jk rowling feature on this stupid website yeah that's what i'm looking at cokeworth is a fictional town in the english midlands where harry spends a night at the railview hotel with his <laughs> aunt ah, i love viewing some rail uh cokeworth this never comes up by name i think it's just one sentence in the first book right because they go to all of those places and then eventually end up on the island because none of it works, right? Yeah, but I yeah, but I don't think a town is ever named in that sequence. I think it's just like, oh, they stayed at a at a at a motel. They parked in a parking garage or, or, or a, a parking lot. Uh, I. Mm. This sounds like an RPG town. Kilgorth, yeah. Well, also, Cokeworth has a river running through it, evidence of at least one large factory in the long chimney overlooking Snape's house and many small streets full of workers' houses. Like, to, to me, that is, like, you get one, that's the RPG town with, like, the, the river, and then, like, someone's like, that's where the old factory is. And there's, like, the strip of <laughs> strip of yeah. houses. This is an old industrial all, all, town. All the townsfolk tell you not to trust the, the man in the mansion, but then he sends an envoy to, to collect you and has, a, has an interesting quest for you that you can... You can either accept wholeheartedly or accept, but also with a little bit of sarcasm. Right, uh, right. And, and then you unveil the truth that he is untrustworthy. Fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is one of the places the Dursleys escaped to, but also where Petunia grew up with her sister Lily. And who else did they grow up with? Severus Snape, of course. When Aunt Petunia refers to an awful boy from her childhood with Lily, it took us a while to realize she was talking about Snape, not Lily's future husband, James. We revisit Cokeworth in the later books where Severus makes an unbreakable vow with Bellatrix and Narcissa. I um, guess I didn't know that one. Yeah, I did not either. I guess neither of us get a point there. That feels tenuous, but I, I, I will honor the rules here. Uh, Snape was the one who inadvertently taught Harry his most used spell, the one that would end Lord Voldemort. Snape really did leave a mark on Harry in many ways, not in a Lord nice, uh, not in a Lord Voldemort leaving a lightning bolt shaped scar way, 
but with a number of subtleties we didn't notice until years later. One such imprint is the fact that Snape, albeit unintentionally, introduced Harry to Expelliarmus, his most used spell, and the one that would eventually lead to the death of Lord Voldemort. He first saw Snape using the advantageous spell during the Dueling Club in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Over the ensuing years, Harry used Expelliarmus so much, Lupin once commented it had become known as his signature. I forgot. I forgot that that's real. Well, wow. it certainly worked to Harry's favor in the end. <sighs> I'm your so excited si- for Harry, that. Your, Harry, your signature spell. It's like when the fucking guards in Skyrim are like, <laughs> oh, you look handy with a bow. Oh, your sword arm looks strong. Like, ah, Harry, your signature spell, Expelliarmus. You've clearly put a lot of points into that. Harry, used your signature spell. Although Harry would have most likely learnt this spell elsewhere, it's somewhat poignant, coming from Snape. Seeing as Snape was the one who told Lord Voldemort about the prophecy that led Voldemort to marking Harry in the first place. Indeed, many of Snape's actions, directly or indirectly, affected Voldemort's and Harry's arc. Oh, their arc. Their arc. Uh, I'm going to give myself a point for this. I do remember that Snape taught him Expelliarmus because the Dueling Club whips. Yeah, the Dueling Club is like the only good chapter in Chamber of Secrets. It fucking rules. Uh, J.K. Rowling once apologized for killing Snape. I'm just going to go ahead and give us the point right here because, yeah, we... uh, We We know all about that. We know all about this. In 2017, J.K. Rowling marked the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts. By apologizing for killing off arguably the most divisive character in the series, Rowling agrees that Snape will always be too gray to truly like. Mm. <sighs> Saying in one tweet, you can't make him a saint. He was vindictive of bullying. You can't make him a devil. He died to save the wizarding world. I, I love that the mark against him is that he is a vindictive bully and not that he was a Nazi. In the- <laughs> what? <laughs> former nazi severus <laughs> snape uh you can't make him a saint it's he true. probably killed people <laughs> did, yeah do we ever really learn like what he did in his death eater i guess days? maybe he didn't I, I guess we don't really know because it leaves that stuff kind of up you know up to your imagination probably for i suppose the benefit, honestly but i have Let's to assume, i have to assume he's done some more stuff than be kind of a mean <laughs> teacher Ah, <laughs> uh, let the Snape debates roll on, says Pottermore, and that's I. That's what I'm always saying. That's right. Let the debate roll on, and finally, what does Snape smell like? We hear you cry. Bitterness <laughs> and old shoes, apparently. <laughs> I will look down. The people will look up at me and shout, "What does Snape smell like?" And I will look down and whisper, "No, I can't do this." <laughs> oh my god thank you pottermore once thank again you, pottermore. Uh, also pottermore uh you know that's not the question you know maybe we're far away you know i know they're they're overseas so so they can't hear us properly but that's not what we're crying we're crying what does snape have for breakfast what does snape eat for breakfast we're probably what? blood because he's a vampire that's right thank you i agree well, I think that maybe is that's maybe the most definitive evidence because it's like you know you don't you don't hear that he's eating food for breakfast, um, so that means he could he could be eating blood for breakfast because he's a vampire. That's some Carlin Brothers theory crafting right there. That's right. I don't think we see him eat at all, frankly. A- absence of evidence is evidence. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. 
Well, thank you to Pottermore for that. I'm so glad they're listening along with us and, and giving us this beautiful, beautiful content. Um, do you have time? Do we have time to do uh, another Pottermore thing here or should we take it to the close here? I think I've got uh, time. Okay, because Pottermore did drop another good one on us here, uh, which is the most cringeworthy moments in Harry Potter. Um, I'm... <laughs> I'm building towards the end of this article because it is, uh, this is remarkable. Uh, despite having many magical abilities, Hogwarts students weren't immune to growing pains, including figuring out how to navigate friendships and relationships without having, as nearly headless Nick so delicately put it, all the sensitivity of a blunt axe. The problem is there's just something about adolescence that brings out people's mortifying awkwardness. Mm. Even our favorite trio had to try to survive hormones and social learning curves while they were fighting to save the world, which made for some particularly hard moments to sit through. Here are some of the really bad ones that had us cringing to the max. You've been warned. Ah, cringing to the max, huh? I'm doing that right now. Uh, When Ron calls Hermione a nightmare. Ah, cringe. Cringe. cringe alert ron you posted cringe <laughs> ron certainly went through one heck of a transformation but not before insulting what felt like nearly half of hogwarts fair Wait, enough when is that transformation Trans- coming yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's he is transforming for the worse uh yes so far. much worse Hermione was no stranger to being at the receiving end of his, of, his, eh, of his insensitivity, but there was one incident in their first year that was almost unforgivable. Uh, Hermione already refusing to speak to Harry and Ron for breaking the rules and almost getting them, themselves killed or worse, expelled, uh-huh. grew even more annoyed when she was paired up with Ron and Charms. Ron, meanwhile, thought Hermione was a bossy know-it-all who probably took delight in criticizing his incantation. And it all culminated in Ron making some terribly crass remarks. It's no wonder no one can stand her, and she's a nightmare, honestly. Uh, here's the thing I find very weird about this, is that the Hermione is kind of insufferable in the first book. Like, that's the point, is that she has no social skills as a child, right? Like, like Yeah, they're like ten. Yeah, the, the, I'm not really I'm not really cringing at uh, 11 year olds learning to be friends with each other. Just seems normal to me. Uh, when Harry pointed out that Hermione might have heard him as if her running past them in tears wasn't a big enough clue. Ron didn't own up to the fact that he had gone too far. Instead, he added a dev- devastating uppercut <laughs> punch. Oh, he input. He did the dragon punch input and just took her took her down for good. She must have noticed she's got no friends. Ouch. P.S. Folks, those are great examples of what not to say to your future significant other. Damn, it's true. Huh. When Hermione complained about moaning Myrtle, even the best of us will uh, will admit we tried to avoid someone at a party. Yeah, we're not proud of it. Why not? Be proud of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we're also equally grateful that we didn't have a Peeves eavesdropping in our conversation because Hermione learned at Nick's death day party peeves dropping could make everything go downhill really fast peeves dropping peeves dropping that's good i like that hermione complained to harry and ron about myrtle's tantrums and the awful experience of going to the toilet with a ghost wailing at you 
We can't say we've ever been in that exact situation, but we feel you, Hermione. Yeah, until they come to to my my party, my Harry Potter themed party, and they go into my bathroom that is set up with a, a motion controlled sound system. <laughs> so we can hear a girl screaming while while you're trying to use the bathroom and there's right. a toilet basilisk. Yeah. Uh, if only she had checked to see if a per- certain poltergeist was hanging around. Heard uh. you talking about poor Myrtle, said Peeves, his eyes dancing. Rude you were about poor Myrtle. He took a deep breath and bellowed, Oi, Myrtle! Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. Seeing Hermione try to save this situation was so painful, she mm. lied about what she had said, attempted to compliment Myrtle, then tried to cover up the lie by roping Harry and Ron into it, too. Peeves pushed the cringe meter to the limit oh, when he no. called Myrtle spotty. Adding another insult to Myrtle's already long list, the poor ghost was finally out of the toilets, only to be sent away, hurt and sobbing again, thanks to Hermione's faux pas. I don't think this author knows what what cringe means. Like, do do you think that this 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 feature, like the the posting cringe meme, went around and it was like like was like okay, we got to do something for that, and it's come out like two months too late. I think that is exactly what happened. This this to me really feels like someone noticed that cringe Google searches were like spiking or whatever. And, and... Some, doing some SEO here. <laughs> Harry and Cho's date at Madame Puttifoot's tea shop. If anyone needs notes on how to ruin Valentine's Day, look no further than Harry and Cho's trip to Hogsmeade in Order of the Phoenix. Everything about their coffee date at Madame Puttifoot's was a first date nightmare. Even their nonverbal communication was painful to see, probably because many of us are unfortunately familiar with the awkward silences between conversations. We nearly died laughing when Harry finally went for Joseph. Sorry, I had, to, I had to do that. I had to put a. Put That's a pause okay. In there. I'm I'm comfortable with silence. Hell yeah. No cringe. No cringe here. No cringe. I didn't. I didn't activate your cringe centers. Hell no. Uh. When uh, we nearly died laughing when Harry finally went for Cho's hand, but because Cho had taken her hand off the table, Harry had to grab the sugar bowl instead. We nearly died laughing. We nearly died laughing at this. Smooth, Harry, smooth. Uh, And then there was the grimace-inducing domino effect of bad decisions. Harry had brought up wanting to meet Hermione, which was a huge no-no. If you're wondering what Harry should have said and said, brush up on Hermione's sage advice. Oh in my the scene god! In unforeseen chapter. They are listening. They are listening. It is not sage advice. It's psycho. It's crazy. You should have called me ugly, Harry. <laughs> you should have said you fucking hated me and that I'm ugly. Duh. Uh, so Cho, upset that Harry was thinking of another girl in the middle of their date, tried to make Harry jealous by mentioning that Roger Davies had asked her out. Roger, by the way, did not help the situation by full-on snogging his GF a foot and a half away. I still feel like I interpreted that that moment differently. Like, I interpreted that as Cho saying, like, I would rather go out with you. Oh, yeah, huh. I didn't think of it that way, but that actually kind of makes sense, because it's... I, I, I think I read it the other way just because I'm kind of used to JK portraying Cho as the worst. That's like, true. Like in the That's worst way possible all the time. But no, I, I, I can see that. That makes sense. Uh, to make matters worse, Cho tried to ask about Cedric, mm. whose death she was still grieving. This started a downward spiral in which Harry tactlessly attempted to avoid the topic and brought up Hermione's name again. Finally, after realizing why Cho was upset to begin with, 
Harry laughed at the worst moment, which was the last straw before Cho stormed out of the tea shop in tears, and we were left as speechless as everyone else in, in Madame Puttifitz. And exhale, Harry zero, social ineptitude one. Now, here is the, the creme de la creme of this article. Uh, this this final little because so there were only like three moments, I guess, that were super cringeworthy in Harry Potter. Um, so so J.K. Rowling only posted cringe three times. Um, but uh, here we go. Let's 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 get up to the plate here and finish this one off. Other special mentions of cringeworthy moments we will not soon forget, but are trying hard to. Harry and Ron ignoring their dates at the Yule Ball. James Potter publicly humiliating Teen Snape. And almost every Lockhart-Harry interaction, the only thing pretty about those was Lockhart's face. Defense against the Dark Ox. Wow. Defense against the Dark Ox. Defense against the Dark Ox. Uh, Defense against the Dark Ox. I don't know what that means. What are they talking about? I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Pottermore. Pottermore, we know you're listening, so please reach out and and tell us <laughs> you're okay, first of all. And also, uh, telling us that JK's okay, because we are starting to worry. Okay. I'm glad we I'm glad we were able to cover that, because uh, Defense Against the Dark Ox has really been haunting me for the past couple weeks. Um, it's, ju- it's jarring. It's a very jarring phrase. Um, <laughs> it's very scary. It is. All right. Well, I think that'll do us for this week. I think it's time for us to take it to the close. Our theme song is Homogonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp. You can check us out on Patreon.com slash Shriekcast. Uh, we have lots and lots of bonus content, and we just watch The Craft. So if you want to hear us talking about a really good movie, uh, check that out. Uh, and what are we going to read next week? That is a very good question. We're going to read chapter 29. And let me just make sure it's long enough because it's just called career advice. Oh, what an exciting. Again, another another one on the board for just extremely literal chapter titles. I guess this is the Harry decides to become a cop chapter. So oh good I, I, th- I think i'm pretty sure so yeah that that'll be that'll be our next week uh chapter is is career advice <laughs> Woo, that's so exciting well it would be remiss of us to end this podcast without killing umbridge so let's take it to wattpad uh for number 22 in 100 ways to kill umbridge this one is let's see number 22 Introduce her to Hagrid's blasted scroots. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, this one doesn't really phase me because uh, now that I've seen what the scroots look like, thanks to the ride, I think they look cool as hell. Yeah, they're cuties. They're cuties. Uh, I have uh, shocking news. Oh, oh, thank God. Phew. There is a flute, flute piano comment. Here. Oh, I was so worried. I was so worried. It's actually a reply, though. The first reply is from... Uh, dance music 100 who says tell her there's a fluffy animal waiting to meet her she'll say all cute where and then fluffy will probably kill her mm-hmm. uh, to which flute piano says nice 
Very nice. There are a lot of music fans of of this um of this of this fanfic. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, dance music, flute, piano, just a lot of this is a very uh, uh, a musical community of of people who just really want to fucking kill Umbridge, I guess. Perfect. Well, no matter if you are a music fan or not, I would say you should probably consider reading another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean raw seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.